0: You're listening to Front Foot, a podcast brought to you by The Core. My name is Joshua Thomas, producer on the show and executive producer for podcasts at The Core. On this series, you'll be hearing my conversations with Ayaz Mehmet, renowned sports journalist, columnist and author. Ayaz has been covering cricket for 44 years and has written and served as sports editor for publications such as The Times of India, Sportsweek magazine and The Independent and has also served as consulting editor at Hindustan Times, Mint and Mail Today, to name a few. With the ICC Cricket World Cup happening this year, Ayaz will be telling us stories from past World Cups, where he has been witness to some of the most historical moments the game has ever seen. On today's episode, we hark back to the 83 World Cup, which India won. But going in, what were the expectations for the Indian team? How did the team come together? And what was the moment that caused the team to eventually shift gears and take home the trophy? I mean, look,
1: 1983 is a landmark moment in uh, not just in Indian cricket, but in Indian life. Uh, It was one of the most remarkable sporting achievements that this country has achieved. I would, in fact, extend it a little further and say, when you look at examples from across the world, this must rank as amongst the most sensational. The result was sensational because nobody expected the Indian team to do so well. There was good reason for that kind of lack of belief that the team could do anything because in two previous World Cups in 1975-1979, the only match that India had won was against lowly East Africa, which was in 1979. They lost all matches in 1975. They lost all matches in 1979, except for the one against East Africa. And in fact, so poor was the performance that the Indian team was known as the dull dogs of cricket because of the lack of aptitude to play limited overs cricket. Primarily, it was that. The Indian team was a very good test team even then. But where it came to limited overs cricket, it seemed to be a flop show every time. So, when the team went to the World Cup in 1983, the expectations were low because not much had changed. Yes, there were some changes which took place which finally, in hindsight, had a you know big bearing on the result, I would imagine. For instance, Kapil Dev became captain of the team. A couple of months before the tournament, the change in guard took place. After India lost to Pakistan in the test series in Pakistan, Sunil Gavaskar was replaced or displaced as a captain. You know how it can be for Indian captains in whatever sport. If you don't do well against Pakistan, then your neck is on the chopping block. So that's where Gavaskar lost his captaincy. Kapil Dev, who was the vice captain, became the captain. But when the team went to England for the World Cup, the expectations were extremely low. In fact, I must tell you, a lot of the players had themselves thought that, you know, I don't think we can be able to do much in this tournament. So they had fixed up holidays for themselves immediately after the tournament ended. Some would go to the US, some would go to Europe. And Krishnamachari Shrikanth, one of the heroes, was actually on his honeymoon you know, in England. So, I mean, it was almost, you know, it seems surreal now when you look back 40 years and say, you know, what really went right? And then, of course, you start retracing your steps and you gather your thoughts again and try and find out as to what could have gone gone right. And then obviously there are many things that went right. But the whole setup, as it were, was absolutely uninspiring to say the least. And therefore, the results which came and culminating in the victory over the West Indies, the world champions West Indies in, in the final at the Oval on June twenty fifth, nineteen eighty three, remains one of the biggest upsets in sports history. You know, to get to, to get to get that kind of a result. So India was sort of the underdogs in the World Cup. They were not the underdogs. They were the no-hopers. <laughs> you know, when, when the tournament began, uh, the odds for, for an India win was 66 to 1. Even some uh, a team like Zimbabwe, which was actually a pretty strong team then, was thought to have a better chance of winning, so to speak, than India. So, underdogs, it became, when we see how the team progressed and then playing the, the stronger teams later. But otherwise, there were no-hopers when they, when they landed in England. In fact, a very renowned English journalist then, David Fritz, cricket writer, uh, who I also know extremely well. And he was a fine writer, fine man. He used to write articles for Wisden magazine. And he, he wrote that if if India wins this World Cup, I'll eat my words, which he subsequently did post India's victory. Uh, he brought the copy of Wisden later on and he ate up that page or at least as much of it, of it as he could. To show that uh, how wrong he had proved to be. Now, interestingly, and I must, you know, I must bring this out here. Interestingly, the next tour for India after the Pakistan tour was to the West Indies. The couple there was the captain. We lost the Test series, but in one of the ODI matches, one of the One Day International matches, India beat the mighty West Indies. Now, again, when you look back in hindsight, forty years, you say. You know, hey Couldn't we have known then That something was in the offing Something unusual Something very different But who would have thought then Yes, India had beaten the West Indies In West Indies in one match But West Indies were A formidable team You know, one of the greatest teams That has ever played cricket And what else happened Joshua, I must mention here Is that When the World Cup began The first match was between India and the West Indies It was a part of the league match It wasn't the The knockout matches The first match was between India and the West Indies And again India beat West Indies It was one of those unusual occurrences But two, you know, it happened Two in quick succession Once in the West Indies Once in the first match of the World Cup And therefore Something should have kind of told us Maybe now this is a way of rationalisation That hey, you know India was not such a poor team after all On my own part I can tell you I had gone to cover the World Cup And I did not go for the first match, West Indies versus India. Because I thought, what do you want to do? We're going to get a thrashing. So I went for another match, which was England versus New Zealand, which was played at the Oval. India was playing West Indies at Old Trafford, which was a fair distance away from London. I saved on my train travel, saved on one night stay in Manchester. And I said, let me go and watch a more interesting match, England versus New Zealand. And I was very keen to see a young player called Martin Crowe from New Zealand. And I went and saw that match. Martin Crow made a lot of runs which made my day. But things were happening in Old Trafford because that match spilled over into the second day because of rain. Rain intervened. So India versus West Indies, the match which started on the same day as the England-New Zealand match, spilled over into the next day. And lo and behold, India beat the West Indies in a fine all-round performance. They batted better, they bowled better and they beat the West Indies. And that kind of in a sense, set the ball rolling. The momentum was to come much, much later. But now when you look back, you know, there were such strong signals that, you know, India beating the West Indies in West Indies, India beating West Indies in, at Old Trafford in the first match. But who would have thought then? Nobody, not me certainly. The biggest, biggest uh, kind of lesson that emerges from that 83 World Cup and look, it's a long time back, was... How, I mean, at that point in time, everything seemed to fall in place. And the when I say a fall in place, was actually getting the right, right kind of players for those conditions, which gave the team a lot of balance. So you had outstanding players, already very renowned in international cricket, like Sunil Gavaskar, Kapil Dev, Syed Kirmani, Mohinder Amarnath, Dilip Bengsarkar, and a lot of other players who were not so renowned, but they were of great value. Because of their distinctive skills that they had, which fit the fit the kind of the conditions in Roger Binny, Madan Lal, all-rounders, you know kirti Azad, Ravi Shastri didn't play the final, Dilip bengal didn't play the or didn't play the knockout matches. But by that time, it was becoming clear by the time the tournament kind of moved on from the first match to the other matches and so on, that India seemed to have the balance right. They seemed to have the bowlers who could exploit those conditions. They had depth in batting, which could come good. Of course, it wasn't. It's not as easy as it might sound now. there are a lot of trouble getting the combination right. You know, some players played, some, got, some didn't play, some had to be removed, some others had to come in, some got injured. But the squad had the right kind of combination. And the selectors, therefore, who've been given very little credit so far for getting things right, they must be given credit because they chose players who would fit into the English conditions. Because of the selectors who knew what the English conditions would be at this time of the year, and that helped. Because if you had chosen players only on reputation, mighty reputation, or statistics, it might not have worked. Roger Binney and Madan Lal and all were not great players. Then they are legends now because they won the World Cup. They were very good players, but maybe all or some of them may not have got a place in the in the squad. For instance, if it was being, the the tournament was being played, say in In India, or Pakistan, or South Africa, you know, some other combination would have been thought of. So, getting the combination right was obviously very crucial. And then, of course, there were the performances. and amongst these, what stands out certainly is Kapil Dev himself playing, making the unforgettable 175 not out against Zimbabwe. That was a do-or-die match for India. You lose that match, you were out of the tournament. People could have resumed their honeymoons or gone off on their holidays but couple left in what was literally a one-man show, 175 not out, out of 266. And that kind of triggered a revival. It was against uh, one of the lesser-known teams, Zimbabwe, but it gave the team self-belief and the momentum. And sometimes it happens in life, as in other endeavors, workplaces, wherever we may be, it can happen in companies. There comes a trigger where it just completely alters the mental makeup of a whole bunch and a group of people. With those around him see a road map of how they have to navigate or they can navigate. And they all get inspired to then become part of the, the old joint endeavor. And that's something, you know, something like that is very common in team sports, actually. You know, you need those triggers. You need those eureka moments of inspiration, hitting being hit by inspiration. And then it, it gets transformational. And that's what happened with Kapilis 175. After that, India went from victory to victory to victory to victory. So from the brink of ouster from the tournament, beating Zimbabwe, then beating Australia, then running into England, home team, joint favourites or second favorites in the West Indies in the semi-final, then beating England there at Old Trafford and going to Lords for the final against the mighty West Indies, scoring only 183, which looked like a cakewalk for the West Indies, and then winning the match by 43 runs. Incredible. Is the only word in which I with which I can describe it.
0: This was the Front Foot Podcast with Ayaz Do stay connected with more of our coverage at The Core. You can check out our website www.thecore.in That is www.thecore.in Or follow us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook. If you like the podcast, do share it with friends and family and leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. Have a good weekend and we'll be back next week.